I think the issue here is that we sort of know what we should do, what the world should do to reduce CO2 emissions and reduce the CO2 concentration. The question is, what will we indeed do? What will we do? And will it be enough? Welcome to Newton Investment Management's Double Take, your absolute favorite investment podcast, I hope. I'm Rafe Lewis, Head of Specialist Research here at Newton. We're trying, Rafe. Uh, I'm Newton's Investigative Research Analyst, Jack Encarnacio. And on today's episode, we're going to look into the future of a planet that is lurching toward a climate crisis. On the question of avoid versus adapt, we bring on Robert Pendyke who's a professor of applied economics at the MIT Sloan School of Management, and he happens to be the author of a great new book called Climate Future, Averting and Adapting to Climate Change. So to set the stage for Bob, allow me to read excerpts from a recent New York Times story that sums up the situation we're now in. Quote, countries around the world are failing to live up to their commitments to fight climate change. Just 26 of 193 countries that agreed last year to step up their climate actions have followed through with more ambitious plans. Without drastic reductions, the planet is on track to warm by an average of 2.1 to 2.9 degrees Celsius compared to pre-industrial levels, far higher than the goal of 1.5 degrees set by the Paris Agreement in 2015. So with that, Bob Pendyke, welcome to Double Take. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Bob, in your book, Climate Future, you argue that there is massive uncertainty embedded in most climate predictive models. So if that's the case, why should we worry about investing in climate crisis adaption today? So uncertainty means that things could be not as bad as we expect. It means that they could be much worse than we expect. The uncertainty works both ways. And the fact that there's uncertainty actually makes it even more important to do something uh, and not be complacent. We could have, we could be unlucky and have a very bad climate outcome, a catastrophic climate outcome. And it's that possibility that we have to worry about. And I think of it in terms of buying insurance. The reason we need to take actions today is to buy insurance against the possibility, not the certainty, the possibility of an extremely bad climate outcome. You know, Bob, it's funny that you've mentioned insurance because just seeing the recent Hurricane Ian and the situation with uh, property and casualty insurers down in Florida, you know, we see stories about insurers actually having canceled policies the night before the storm arrived. We've seen that insurance market kind of fall apart in the face of climate change. So yeah, it seems like that industry in particular uh, could be challenged uh, until we actually come up with some adaptation. But just to, so I can be clear, Bob, are you suggesting that investing the incremental dollar today in climate crisis avoidance technologies like electric vehicles, solar farms, you know, wind farms and the like is ill spent? You know, that investment in adaptation projects and technologies, you know, including, I guess, space exploration, would that be a better capital allocation? So the answer is yes and no, or, or no and yes. The no part is that we indeed should be doing things to reduce uh, carbon emissions, CO2 emissions. And uh, the yes part the, uh, on it being poorly spent is that we should reduce emissions efficiently, meaning at the lowest possible cost. And the way to do that is not by subsidizing Teslas or electric vehicles. The way to do that 
uh, is with a carbon tax. And a carbon tax imposes a cost on people for using carbon, burning carbon, uh, and thereby imposing a damage to the environment and the planet. Uh, but the advantage of a carbon tax is it lets people, companies and individuals respond to that in their own way, the most efficient way possible. So I'm all for taking actions to reduce CO2 emissions, but those actions uh, should be economically efficient, minimum cost. And the way to do that is with a carbon tax or equivalently a cap and trade system, not by subsidizing specific industries. So I guess, Bob, the question then becomes naturally, uh, would, you know, a carbon tax law, carbon tax requirement be enough uh, to get us where we need to go? And the answer, again, because of all the uncertainty is we don't know for sure, but probably not. And um, I think the issue here is that we sort of know what we should do, what the world should do to reduce CO2 emissions and reduce the CO2 concentration. The question is, what will we indeed do? What will we do? And will it be enough? And first, I think it's unlikely that emissions are going to be reduced a lot. I think that we're not going to re we're not going to reach net zero uh, worldwide for certain, not worldwide, and probably not even for the U.S. and Europe uh, by 2050. Uh, which means that the CO2 atmospheric concentration will continue to increase and the global mean temperature will continue to increase. By exactly how much and exactly how bad that will be, we don't know. There's a lot of uncertainty, but there's this possibility that it'll be very bad, that there'll be a large increase in temperature well above the two degree limit uh, that people talk about as being uh, actually a one and a half degree Celsius limit that people talk about. Um, and possibly well above three degrees Celsius. So there's a good chance things are going to go badly, even though we take actions to try to uh, impose, a, a, whether it's a carbon tax or whatever, take actions to try to reduce emissions. You know, Bob, you as a, an economist rightfully bring up efficiency in terms of capital allocation and investment. And I wonder you know, given the state of uh, human ingenuity, uh, resources, technology, um, is it efficient to invest in adaptation? Could Is there even possibly an adaptation technology or premise that could be well invested into to save the human race? Well, saving the human race is a big challenge. I actually think we have other things uh, that endanger the human race besides climate change. We, we can get to those later if you want. Um, but I think that, you know, recognizing that there's a good chance that we're not going to be able to prevent a significant increase in the global mean temperature, that we're not going to be able to prevent significant climate change. It is important now to invest in adaptation. And there are things we can do to invest in adaptation. One example is uh, preventing flooding, using seawalls uh, or dikes or levees. You know, the Netherlands, much of the Netherlands is below sea level, but the Dutch began investing in dikes, uh, barriers to flooding uh, about 1,200 years ago. And uh, the country would be underwater if it weren't for those dikes. And we need to begin to do the same thing. There was a proposal to build a seawall around southern Manhattan in order to avoid a repetition of Hurricane Sandy. 
And these are things that we could invest in and should be investing in. Uh, they're extremely cost efficient. These are things that are important. Another example is, and a lot of environmentalists don't like this, but I think we have to look at it seriously and invest in it. And that's solar geoengineering. The basic idea is you inject sulfur into the upper atmosphere. What that does is creates an aerosol of sulfuric acid. And that aerosol reflects sunlight back out into space. In other words, it makes the atmosphere more reflective. And what that does is it reduces or eliminates the warming effect uh, of CO2. So it doesn't prevent CO2 from accumulating in the atmosphere. It'll still accumulate. But what it does is it prevents that CO2 from causing, through a greenhouse effect, causing an increase in temperature. It's also extremely cheap, very easy to do. So these are things that we have to begin looking at now, uh, not wait 20, 30, 40 years. Bob, I'm thinking back to, you know, the United States government's funding of things like space exploration, uh, what's now the Internet, nuclear technology. Do you think it's going to be governments that need to step up to invest in some of the things you're talking about? Or do you think it's going to be private markets that will be best equipped to move with the, the dispatch necessary to meet this moment? Some of it can be private. I mean, there are things that people can do themselves to uh, prevent uh, or ameliorate flooding, for example, uh, French drains, other techniques of preventing uh, flooding in your home. These are things that individuals can do. But I think for these major projects, certainly geoengineering, building seawalls and dikes, things like that, uh, these are things that the government's going to have to do. Uh, doing work on new uh, hybrid strains of wheat and corn and other grains, soybeans, that's also important because if we have climate change, if we have warming, what it means is that we're going to be changing the locations where we plant certain crops and we're going to have to develop hybrid crops that can withstand higher temperatures. That too is something that the government should probably be funding. So there can be some role for individuals, uh, but I think a lot of this is going to have to come from the government. Well, Bob, uh, forgive what may seem like hyperbole here, but when I think of you and the clarion call for uh, climate adaptation investment, I think of you as kind of like the Winston Churchill, uh, you know, warning that appeasement in the face of inevitable conflict is a fool's errand. So what I wonder, therefore, is what will be the equivalent of Hitler invading Poland on September 1st, 1939, to marshal the world's governments and investors to your point of view? What's it going to take? Well, it's not going to take a single day. I mean, Hitler invaded Poland and it happened all of a sudden and immediately we were, immediately World War II started. That's, that's not going to happen. We're not going to have a single day where a chunk of, uh, uh, of ice breaks off Antarctica or where there's some single event. I think what happens is that gradually we begin to see that climate change is happening. We begin to see, you began with a newspaper article from the New York, I believe in the New York Times, we begin to see that countries are not doing what we hope they would do. We begin to see that it is more and more likely that not tomorrow, but eventually temperatures are gonna increase more and more. Climate change will get worse and worse. And as we begin to see that and become more convinced about that, governments then will take actions. I don't think it'll happen all of a sudden. And I, unfortunately, I don't think it's gonna happen quickly, um, but hopefully it'll happen eventually. 
The book is Climate Future, Averting and Adapting to Climate Change. He is Bob Pindyke, Professor of Applied Economics at the MIT Sloan School of Management, author of said book. And we appreciate you joining us, Bob, to set the table here in our climate adaptation discussion on Double Take. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Investment Management North America, LLC, NIMNA, or the firm, is a registered investment advisor and subsidiary of the Bank of New York Mellon Corporation, BNY Mellon. The firm was established in 2021, comprised of equity and multi-asset teams from an affiliate, Mellon Investments Corporation. The firm is part of a group of affiliate companies that individually or collectively provide investment advisory services under the brand Newton, or Newton Investment Management, Newton. Newton currently includes NIMNA and Newton Investment Management Limited, Newton Limited. Any statements of opinion constitute only current opinions of NIMNA, which are subject to change and which NIMNA does not undertake to update. This publication or any portion thereof may not be copied or distributed without prior written approval from the firm. Statements are correct as of the date of the material only. This document may not be used for the purpose of an offer or solicitation in any jurisdiction or in any circumstance in which such offer or solicitation is unlawful or not authorized. The information in this publication is for general information only and is not intended to provide specific investment advice or recommendations for any purchase or sale of any specific security. Some information contained herein has been obtained from third-party sources that are believed to be reliable, but the information has not been independently verified by NIMNA. NIMNA makes no representations as to the accuracy or the completeness of such information. No investment strategy or risk management technique can guarantee returns or eliminate risk in any market environment, and past performance is no indication of future performance. The indices referred to herein are used for comparative and informational purposes only and have been selected because they are generally considered to be representative of certain markets. Comparisons to indices as benchmarks have limitations because indices have volatility and other material characteristics that may differ from the portfolio, investment, or hedge to which they are compared. The providers of the indices referred to herein are not affiliated with NIMNA, do not endorse, sponsor, sell, or promote the investment strategies or products mentioned herein, and they make no representation regarding the advisability of investing in the products and strategies described herein. Any forward-looking statements speak only as of the date they are made and are subject to numerous assumptions, risks, and uncertainties, which change over time. Actual results could differ materially from those anticipated in forward-looking statements. If distributed in the UK, EMEA, Australia, New Zealand, this podcast is issued by Newton Limited and may be deemed a financial promotion. Newton Limited is authorized and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority, FCA, 12 Endeavour Square, London, E20, 1JN, in the conduct of investment business. Register in England, number 01371973. NIM is also registered as Investment Advisors with the Securities and Exchange Commissions, SEC, to offer investment advisory services in the United States. If distributed in Canada, this podcast is issued by either Newton Limited, which is availing itself of the International Advisors Exemption, IAE, in the following Canadian provinces, Alberta, British Columbia, Ontario, and Quebec. The IAE is in compliance with National Instrument 31-103, Registration Requirement, Exemptions, and Ongoing Registrant Obligations, or NIMNA, which is availing itself of the IAE in the following Canadian provinces, 
Alberta, British Columbia, and Manitoba. The IAE is in compliance with National Instrument 31-103 registration requirements, exemptions, and ongoing registrant obligations.